You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. talking about neil young on the beach in the room i have solange hi ben hey john howdy on the beach is the fifth studio album by neil young released july 19 1974 on the label reprise records the producer was neil young dave briggins mark Harmon, al schmidt and the genre is rock i'm gonna read from the book theonis bates Even by Neil Young's melancholy standards, On the Beach is one bleak trip, an odyssey of regret, disgust, and disappointment. The album marks the end of Eleven. The cover portrays him removed from the coke-addled decay of West Coast, alone on a gray beach, his back to a pile of California refuse. Revolutionary Blues takes this alienation to violent extremes. Over ragged minor chords, Young plays a long-haired Avenger gunning down the wealthy hippie residents of L.A.'s Laurel Canyon, the track's Charles Manson illusions shocked his 1974 touring partners, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, who pleaded with Young to drop the song. But Wasted West Coast stars were only one of the targets in Young's sniper scope. The gentle ambulance blues hides an attack on blinkered critics, while vampire blues, an inspired, exercising John Lee Hooker minimalism, takes a bite out of hangers-on. Even his troubled marriage with actress Carrie Snodgrass is dissected in the mournful motion pictures. Though the lyrics are often bileless, the music is definitely relaxed. Walk on grooves past and toxic fugue, staggering at the time to number 69 on the chart. Here, Young continues his banter with Leonard Skinnerd, who had name-checked him in their sweet home Alabama. Rolling Stone called it his best since after the gold rush, but On the Beach has unfortunately gone almost unheard by modern audiences, Young himself came to dislike the album's emotional rawness and withheld its release on CD until 2003. All right, what do we think of On the Beach by Neil Young? I'm really glad that you brought up that this is an attack towards the wealthy hippies of Laurel Canyon. Because twofold. First of all, I have to admit, I I brought this up at lunch today. Uh, I get... Neil Young confusedly read all the time, and I know oh, they're cool. I know they're not the same, but I get them confused all the time because they were both in bands. That kind of makes sense, actually. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, just, I'm a 
arts degree, but I'm dumb. <laughs> but also, like, okay, I'm really glad you brought up the whole, like, I hate rich hippies of, like, Laurel Canyon in L.A. Because Neil Young was also ruined for me by a, like, rich hippie from the from upstate New York. <laughs> and I say this because uh, when I went to study abroad in Argentina, I was kind of an asshole to everyone, but everybody was really wealthy and not nice to me either. And one of those people was a girl whose favorite artist was Neil Young. And because I found that out, I was like, well, I'll fucking listen to this guy ever. So, so fuck you. So, so you're happy that Neil, <laughs> Neil like, grounded you in, in, like, his utter disgust of, yeah, like, yeah. the, the and sort I of, like, say this. Poshed- yeah, and yeah. I say this as a rich hippie. Yeah. I, I'm wearing an expensive Patagonia down jacket. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I... I, yeah, I'm not I an asshole he, about it. I think it. he was totally sick of the scene at the time. He oh, was yeah. like, screw this. Screw everybody. Like, he was <laughs> sick of bitter. everything. He was in mourning, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Danny Witten, uh, a Crazy Horse guitarist, and his like, songwriting partner on like a lot of those cr- uh, Crazy Horse and early Neil Young albums, apparently showed up to the recording sessions too strung out to be able to be worth anything neil young sent him away to get him cleaned up and the dude died that night holy shit that's yeah. awful so oh my he's, god he's going through some he's he's working out some some heavy stuff yeah um speaking of someone who's doing a comeback and involved in hippiedom and very famous bands i want to point out that in my notes for the song walk on i wrote this is what eric clapton should sound like <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hadn't really, I hadn't really heard this album at all. And when Walk On came on, I was like, "Oh, it's a diss on." And then I figured it out. I was like, "Oh, it's a Skinner diss." Like <laughs> Skinner uh, diss. It's their back and forth. He did Southern Man, uh, just just talking about the South in general. Right. And Leonard Skinner took offense, and they were like, "Sweet Home of Alabama," and it basically name checks Neil Young. Yeah. It's right, like yeah. Young. yeah. It's- and then he does Walk On, being like. Uh, sometimes you just got to walk on by like you can't I'm not fighting this stupid battle or like it's just like forget it I love it as an opening song and like it's a solid opening song it's yeah. it sort of sets the uh, catchy and poppy for yeah. what is in store yeah. for the rest of your 45 minutes right, well you can't yeah. just like you can't open on a downer necessarily. Well, he could. I mean, he, he could, could yeah. but the cassette actually had the sides reversed. Oh. Oh. So it just opens up with on the beach. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And I read, a, I was oh. reading like a review today, and they're like, "Oh, he opens up with like a real downer with on the on the beach." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Someone like actually got the cassette, and they they thought that was like the track listing. Well, and I had heard that he wanted it to so be weird. the other way around. He really, wanted, he wanted to open with on the beach. Oh, well, and he, and side two track ones. That's where you yeah. put the banger. <laughs> well, so by that logic, by that logic, then walk on should be side two That's track what I'm saying. one. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the by, the banger rule. Uh. <laughs> walk on being track one on this album was definitely easier for me. My first listen. I've listened to this album dozens and dozens of times. I really like this record, and I'm I am fully here for the entire ent- entity of it. So <laughs> the the idea of uh, opening it up with uh, on the beach, me now I'm like, yeah, man, spread it on, <laughs> uh, dunk me in it. <laughs> yeah, that would've been a let's get interesting there. <laughs> open, yeah, I I 
I actually am kind of glad he did it that he they ended up doing it that way with like walk on because I I really enjoy like walk on I really love see uh see the sky about to rain revolution blues like I think they're like some great like hook bangers because the second half of this album is so like slow and depressing and I I honestly like before I really knew a lot about the album uh what we were talking about like early earlier with um rusty rusty yeah <laughs> i was like i don't know i can't really like get into this yeah you know? it's a hard one to yeah to digest because you it starts off so you're kind of like okay a little bit different neil young and then all of a sudden it like acid kicks in or like the yeah. drugs deep, kick deep, in yeah. because it gets deep so, into the shag yeah, yeah. yeah. and like <laughs> full disclosure like listening to two different birds adjacent artists I felt like it was like yeah. like this week I was like picking between him and like Gene Clark and yeah. I'm like uh, it's like not really a fair fight but this was I mean this was like the harder album to listen to but he's you know, I, I feel him. I yeah. feel him on, like, I've, I've brought this up multiple yeah. times as a person who's from, like, California. Yeah. And I outed myself as a rich hippie. Like, <laughs> this is shit that is so irritating because, you know, people who are, like, hippies, yeah. quote, even now, it's like, you're just in it for the benefits and you don't actually want to do anything or actually be kind or learn about other people's experiences. You just want to, like, look cool, you fucker. <laughs> So, do they, uh, do they look cool? <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. So Y'all right, know what I mean. Right now we're listening to Revolution Blues. Uh, you know, we've got Neil Young singing and he's on guitar. We've also got David Crosby on guitar. Hell yeah. We've got LeVon Helm and Rick Danko of Hell the band yeah. as a rhythm section. And then you've got Rusty Kershaw just slithering around <laughs> on the floor like a snake. Verse, do, do, do you know yeah. th- this backstory? I want to hear so it it's, more. It's, it's a backstory which Ben is going to tell, but also it is written in the liner notes by Rusty Kershaw. Oh, yeah. To yeah. a certain extent. <laughs> Rusty Kershaw. Uh, it, th- this whole story that I'm about to give you like the, 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 the 20-cent version of is told very well on uh, the episode of the podcast Cocaine and Rhinestones that deals with both Kershaw brothers, Rusty and Doug Kershaw. So I highly recommend just... Diving into that whole episode, but uh, so yeah, Rusty Kershaw was uh, half of the the brother country duo from the fifties. Uh, as, as teenagers, Rusty and Doug Kershaw from Louisiana, and they had the Cajun sound. Fast forward, better part of twenty years later, Rusty uh, uh, Neil Young's pedal steel player Ben Keith was kind of putting together some uh, musicians for him. It was him that called in. Uh, LeVon Helm and Rick Danko, and he also put in the call to Rusty Kershaw, who at that point had become, you know, a a, a wild swamp man. Yes. <laughs> so he shows up, and his wife is uh, cooking this concoction they call the honey slides, where you just you simmer down some a whole bunch of really, really just dirt-cheap weed until it's smoking, then you mix it with honey. And, uh, and you say you, don't, you just take a spoonful or two, so, uh, yeah, the band would be playing around, and and Rusty might not have anything to play on that song. He only actually plays instruments on two songs on this record, but he's just slithering around on the floor while they're playing. He's going up and putting spoonfuls of this uh, of this honey honey slides in their mouth, and before you know it, you know everyone's just bombed out in the room, like except for Rusty, who like this is just what he does, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So he's able to take a little bit of uh, creative control, and he almost, even though his playing on the albums, uh, it's minimal, but it actually is crucial. He he plays uh, some pretty crucial slide guitar on motion pictures, and then he plays uh, really nice fiddle lines on ambulance blues. But mostly, he's just he's like 
he's like a a spirit guide for yeah. Neil Young. Like he's going through this thing, and, and Rusty's just there with him, right up close to him, as close as he can be to him. He's like turning off all the lights, but just lighting a few <laughs> candles. And he's like he, he's getting rid of all like the the nice uh, like furniture and accoutrement around the studio. He's like ah. Oh, Man, we just got to get some old shit in here, or else maybe we can just put on some suits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, but for Revolution Blues, you want to tell the Revolution oh, Blues well, story? I mean, you can tell the Revolution Blues story, but just like to sort of parallel off that, apparently, because on those tracks that Kershaw is playing on, <laughs> Neil Young's like, okay, well, I'm going to I'm gonna play it for you, and then you can sort of see where to come in. And he's like, no, man. No, no. You're 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 taking you've got a real heavy vibe coming off you and I can feel it. I just gotta be close to you. <laughs> and so he would just get real, real close to Neil Young and then just play. You know the first take, no rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not no. knowing what the songs are Dude, gonna right sound now, like. that's how we're gonna do it best. <laughs> I mean he did a pretty good job. <laughs> so apparently they were trying to record Revolution Blues and they just weren't they weren't getting the sound. You got you know, you got Levon Helm on drums, you got Rick Danko, you got this good crew in there. They're just not getting the feel. <laughs> Rusty Kershaw comes in, just starts busting shit open. He's like, you want a revolution? This is what a revolution looks like. This is what a revolution sounds like. Just breaking shit. And then the next take was the one that was on the album. They're just like, they're, they're, they're shook. Yeah. Apparently, he really freaked out David Crosby and Graham Nash, and he pulled a knife on Stephen Stills. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's the American hero we deserve. <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. I, I want a book just about, like, the misadventures of Rusty Kershaw. Yeah. You don't mess with those old, like, country, oh, dude. country dudes. Well, especially yeah. the, the swamp the swamp dudes. <laughs> oh, yeah. His, his dad was an alligator hunter, and, like, yeah. they, came up, they came up real country. Yeah, you could just write that. songs on here are great um you know ben talked about a number of the really good players ben keith you said was the lap steel or mm-hmm. and he also plays the dobro on uh for the turnstiles i think and he's yeah. the one he's the one singing the uh the the second vocal lines on oh, for the turnstiles yeah i mean he was he's a pretty nice part to this i mean other than bringing yeah. in kershaw which is integral <laughs> that, oh that like the best contribution <laughs> I've well i mean let makes, me bring in rusty so we're we're doing this podcast from kentucky uh yeah. from undisclosed location in kentucky <laughs> the uh, one fucking city <laughs> <laughs> well but there's also another city that uh, Ben Keith, although he was born in Kansas, actually grew up in Bowling Green. What? And so oh. you don't really realize how close Bowling yeah. Green is to Nashville. And there's a huge overlay yeah. between yeah. the two parts. That is something I really love. I mean, that's something I did really like about this album. Like, I, it was hard for me to get into because I, 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 li- I listened to it. I listened to it like at work as like I was doing my coffee. So this is like right when I was starting to get 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 to work, like. And I don't know if I was really in the right headspace. It's for a late it. night record. Yeah, it's not like a. It was not a good. Like I'm at work at nine in the morning looking at this yeah, spreadsheet. This, is, this is not a start it's your a, day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not a start my day. Out. And I like woke up this morning and I was like, 
in bed and I'm like, I feel great. What, what the, why do I feel so great? And a little voice in my head said, because you're going to have a good day. And then I came <laughs> to work. <laughs> this. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, no, I loved about this album is I loved all the country rock. I made a joke again at lunch today because uh, see, see the sky about to rain. I, I heard the pedal steel and just like a uh, solid snake. I'm like, Pedal steel? <laughs> that's how I always am with this. Um, you could put it in anything, and I would be like, "This, this slaps." But it's like it's so close. It's so adjacent to like those uh, those bands like the band or like the Birds or you know that that popular country rock that you had that was like not necessarily the Grateful Dead, but people that were on like Festival Express with the Grateful Dead and like you know or working at um, Monterey Pop, like those other bands that were not the Grateful Dead, but like in my opinion, kind of. I'm sorry, everybody. A little bit better. Oh, I think yeah. yeah. I think you know, yeah, you're, you're way a, better. <laughs> no, you're in a safe space. Yeah, this, that, this is no okay place to trash the dead. Okay, <laughs> but it's not like the internet isn't, and like one of my bridesmaids is uh, like a huge I dead think, fan. I think you, deadheads know. I think true deadheads yeah, you're, you're know what they're bubble. doing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm like I fuck hard with working man's yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I have so a quick good. question for you, Ben. Though, yeah. how do you feel about the mix on this? Because I. I realize while I was sort of an- analyzing sort of the mix and some engineers were like, yeah, he just used like rough mixes and it doesn't sound like it doesn't have that polished sound. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother you. Man, there's, they were having trouble even keeping microphones aimed at the right edge right. with, with Randy in there. Right. I, I, you know, I, you know me, I love when you can, when you can catch lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I, I hold that to a higher regard than pristine production. Yeah. And this album for me is just one of those instances just to, to have like this audio recording of just what was going in in, the, in those rooms and like what the dude was working through. Yeah. And I love it in all its rawness. Yeah. And, and, and I don't I don't think it's so rough around the edges. That it's not it's not. He's super got rough. he's got rougher albums. Yeah. But you can definitely I feel like you can tell, though, because I, I just, was starting to I, I could tell in some of the mixes of just like how it how it just came out how it came across yeah was a little it just didn't sound like like him for some reason well because he'd had a pretty polished i mean most of his albums up until this point had been really i mean especially the crosby stills nash and young stuff has been his most recent one i don't know if it was released or not before this but was it tonight's the night tonight's Mm -hmm. the night we're gonna get to that so that was already recorded at this point but it was shelved because it was such a rough train wreck of emotion mm-hmm. and and not uh studio prowess yeah so we'll so we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that so but that, i guess at this point though you know it, it's been recorded but it's not part of his catalog right yeah man yeah, there's a lot going on on this album <laughs> i know it really is and yeah we're listening to on the beach right now and it is such a like it gets like real down it's so interesting that because i I just don't know what people could be thinking like when this album comes out and they're expecting the new Neil Young record. And then it's just this like bitter, like depressing. It's bitter and it's bleak and it's down, but it's also so chill. And it's got this Mm -hmm. like, just like warm feel through the whole thing. Yeah. You know, like, that's a, it, it's it's a vibe album for it's, me. It's kind of like that Tim Buckley album, I hate to say. But I don't like that, though. Yeah, you did. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I didn't think I was positive on any of the Tim Buckleys. Yeah, the... I like vibe records. Well, yeah. especially the second half, I mean, of this one, which could have been the first half, depending on, you know, yeah. which mix you get. 
it sounds like Neil Young is on some 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 lean. It sounds yeah. like Neil Young's on some of yeah, that some yeah. of that that's that sleepy stuff. And I mean, and he was he was yeah, on the honey was slide. On the honey slide. Yeah. yeah, Happy Sad is the album right. that I'm thinking of. And I liked it. Yeah. All right. The record says I liked it. <laughs> Go to the transcript. It had, the, it had the like seven six minute uh, you know long songs. Buzz and fly, strange feeling, and. The Love in Room 109. Oh, Ambulance yeah. Blues yeah. is like so long for a rock song. Like it's I the Honey Slides. <laughs> it just keeps I, going. It just hold on. Yeah, I know it's the Honey Slides, but like for a song that's like I would categorize as like I wouldn't say it's a rockin' song, but it's like clearly a rock and roll song. I Ambulance be- Blues. Yeah. Like okay. A, uh, okay. Well, like okay, fine. A rock song. Maybe. Are no there even role. drums in Ambulance Blues? Does it have to have drums to be a rock song? Kinda. I don't no. think it do. I don't think it do. All right. I don't think. Uh, well, if you're if you're gonna be a rock song and you're not gonna have drums, the other instruments need to rock. I love the harmonica. Yeah. Like I even I wrote that the harmonica slaps on Ambulance Blues. <laughs> I mean, I didn't write that it slaps. It is. I don't know if that's a. I don't think like with this album like slaps, honks, fire lit. I don't think any of that is appropriate. Yeah. There's no. Yeah, uh, there's no not. ham horn on this album. No, not, not, <laughs> none of none of that. I mean, it's it is a vibe record. It's a chill record. Like it was not appropriate for like working times. But like on my, I bet if I had listened to this more on my commute to work, I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. I would have I would have vibed with it a lot more. You know, on the bus early morning, I would have like really like dug it. Not if there was a car wreck next to me, though. No, <laughs> no. It, 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 it historically turns you off to albums. <laughs> historically, that does not help at all. <laughs> Yeah, this is more of like a bathtub with a joint kind of yeah. album. Yeah. <laughs> a joint and a razor. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's real close. It's real, real close. You got both there. You're like, I don't know where this mask's going to lead, but I got both. Yeah, I read for Gene Clark that he was great dying music. I'm not going to say like, you know, suicide music because that's inappropriate. I feel like that's inappropriate. Um, I would say good, like, dying music. Like, you're in your deathbed and you're, like, about to go. And I would say this, also good, like, I'm about to go music. I could let go to this album. Yeah. <laughs> Shift off the mortal coil to this Absolutely. album. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's also him talking about, like, all these things that are in life. That, and he's not, it's not necessarily depressed. I mean, it's all these things like, oh, this has happened and these are the bad parts about it. And all these things that used to exist in my life have now been paved over, you know? Like, I, think, I think that's really what I like about Neil Young, too, is is that he's not saying, oh, he, it's not always, like, the woman's the problem, the job's the problem. Like, he has some nuances within mm-hmm. his own um, emotional and intellect to say, these are the things that are going on. I just want to tell you about them. I want you to experience what I'm experiencing and not just tell you always... Like, this is this is what's wrong. This is what's wrong. And I think that's why I I was so kind of annoyed with Leonard Skinner because Southern Man is just like, when will you like it? Do, it doesn't feel like a direct shot to me. But it, he also had Alabama. That is a little, so. It's two that's glancing a, blows. That's, that's a little yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit. He has these things where it's it's like I want to tell you what I feel is is the problem, but not direct it at. A particular uh, instance or person or blame, uh, cast blame on something. It's like a whole take it all in kind of, and I think that this album does does a lot of that. Uh, 
I think that's a really interesting um, observation that you all bring up, that it's not necessarily like, these are my problems, they are now your problems. Like, if, if you think about it, like, I don't know how many of you guys have been in therapy, but like, I have been in therapy, like a lot for various reasons. And I mean, that's the thing that you have to learn when you're trying to um, overcome issues in your life. Or like, for me specifically, like I have a lot, I am a traumatized person that has to work through that. And it's difficult. And when you deal with things like trauma, which Neil Young has, you don't necessarily like dwell on it or like let your life be like triggered by it. Like the way that you work through it is you have to like process it. And sometimes processing it means that you have to uh, present it in a way that's objective and conscience, conscious, conscious. And uh, I think this album is such a great way for him to present that trauma in a conscious, objective manner, you know. in the late 60s gathering at the house of the Beach Boys drummer Dennis Wilson Neil was introduced to Charles Manson in his autobiography uh, <laughs> look at your game girl yeah. <laughs> he uh, recalls Manson picking up a, a Young's guitar and impressing the room with his off the cuff Dylan-esque style after impressing? the impressing yeah after finding he's a decent song after uh, finding Mace, uh, Manson it's, un- it's unfortunate didn't have I've a record contract <laughs> Neil recommended that Reprise check him out. The Sharon Tate uh, murders uh, uh, thereafter making made Charles Manson famous, and uh, Young commented on the murders with the song "Revolution Blues." Oh, which is an there you go. Album. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was like really interesting to have that connection. It's not just oh, I read this in the news. It's yeah. like oh shoot, like I know that person, and this is this is something in my life. That's something also interesting that you bring up because uh, my mom is a big believer that Charles Manson destroyed the summer of love and destroyed the uh, innocence of the hippie days. And she like brings this up all the time. I mean, part, part, partially. Yeah. Right. I mean, he, he preached a twisted version of like yeah. love and communal living. And, you know, I mean, when you go out and brutally murder multiple people, well, what, like, what is the media going to think about the movement in which you are adjacent? Exactly. Yeah. What year was the, the Manson family murders? 69. So you had that and what the year before was, was Altamont 68. I think so. Yeah. And, yeah. R- and the RFK assassination. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was all this, so, and then you have, I think Kent State was a year later, two years later. It's around that time frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is a really tumultuous. Yeah, Kent State, yeah. yeah. It's a very tumultuous time in uh, American countercultural history, you know. And that's the thing is you, I, I mean, we brought up Festival Express, Monterey Pop. Uh, You know, you had 
the acid tests and like further and all these all these things uh you know alternative comics things that like were really at the forefront of creativity and like this message of something that could have been bigger than everyone else and it just like got you know you see a lot of parallels with it today you know with like like millennials like that are my age and like gen wire gen zers and just this like overwhelming message of like violence and oppression that we see in this world. And it's something that can kill a movement like so quickly. And I think Neil Young, uh, this is like five years, six years after all that happened. And it's like the pain there is so apparent as you listen to the music. Yeah. Can't wait to get some more Neil Young. <laughs> well, I mean, there's different, different sides of Neil Young. This is, this is the he, one. Neil Young's a 20-sided die. Yeah. yeah. Trans. So, uh, so I like trans. <laughs> I like everybody's rocking. Roll the so one. So he's a 20-sided die. What side is this? What role is this? Oh, and without ben. modifiers, excuse me, straight dice roll. For, for like, for success of an album? What am I rolling for? Saving, yeah. throw, uh, saving throw for albums. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. What's the saving throw for this album? No modifiers. 16. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah, can see it. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah. I, I I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. I wouldn't say I'm it's a nat twenty, like, but yeah. 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 Oh no, this yeah. is this is not a natural twenty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the, this album, it was as close to not being good as it was to being good. It, it, like there's so many moving pieces that came to play to make this thing that we're listening to right now. I I had read that he recently uh, played on the beach. For the first time in like forty-four Wait, years. Wait, Young's wow. not dead. No, no, no. He just got married. What is he like? My how old? I wonder if how old is he? He's got to be like yeah. my parents' age. Can we right here now say that Neil Young is a North American treasure? Hell yeah, North American. North yes. American. Yeah, because he never relinquished his uh, Canadian status. Yeah. So, uh, if, we're at, if, if, we're, if we're at the like Neil fact stage, yeah. and hearkening back to his Toronto, I think it's Toronto uh, days. Uh, <laughs> I thought he was from like Western. He was, but I think he spent some time in Toronto. Okay. I'm trying to remember. There was one major city that he spent some time in when he was in Crazy Horse. And um, uh, seems like that would have been like Vancouver or something. It's not Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been Ontario. I don't know. I might have gotten that backwards. But um, I think it's an ambulance blues. They talk about uh, Isabella. They tore you down. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that line is about? It's about a rooming house that he lived in at 88 Isabella Street. Do you know who he lived with? I don't. Rick no. James! Nice. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Rick- I would watch that sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> Just Neil Young and Rick James's apartment. They were in a band together called the Minorbirds. What? Yeah, they were in a band How together. How come we're not covering any of that? <laughs> well, yeah. that's like real, real <laughs> early. Really like, early. So uh, Rick James... Uh, defects, I guess is the word, I don't know, <laughs> escapes from the United States to not be drafted. And he hides out in Canada for a bit and joins this band. Hell yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's yeah. just crazy. I want to hear that music. Neil said that those days were uh, kind of blurry and uh, <laughs> he's glad he got past that period. Like he lived after that period. He said there were some days there that were that it was a little strange. And So is this like pre-Buffalo Springfield? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, this yeah. is early, like 65. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Sugar cool. Mountain. <laughs> I got one more fun fact. I'm sure there was. Uh, 25 years later, uh, Neil was offered $1 million to headline Woodstock 94. I never Ooh, really wow. But he turned it down for the fest becoming 
Quote, too commercial. Hell yeah. Preferring I love that man. Preferring yes, Neil. <laughs> the spirit of the original festival to live on. So cool, Neil. And so Neil instead, Young don't give a fuck. Uh, Lip Biscuit headliner. I don't know, like whoever it was. I thought it was Nine a... Inch Nails. I thought it was a... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Lollapalooza. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Do you know the, right. the other other fact? Just real quick? Okay. So one of the songs on this album is Motion Pictures, which is about um, not – I don't think they ever married, but the mother of his son, Zeke, uh, Carrie Snodgrass, mm-hmm. uh, actress. And mm-hmm. it's about sort of how he wishes he could be more in her life and be part of the Hollywood uh, scene. Uh, Carrie Snodgrass was the original actress that uh, Stallone wanted to play Adrian in Rocky – but they couldn't pay her enough, and so she went to do another job that never came in to anything. Oh, <laughs> but she was almost Adrian and Rocky. <laughs> what was the job, though? Oh, some other time. thing, like Tarzan or something. Oh, oh, oh. What do you think of this album? Um, So, I think it just... Sometimes with these albums, it's hard for me to, like, get into them, and then I, like, come here, and I talk it out, and it's, like, my opinion shifts as I'm talking it out more. And that kind of helped, like, today we were talking about it at lunch, and it's, like... It just like shifts a little bit. And sometimes at the timing of these albums, it's like really dependent on like when you listen to them. Like yeah. I said, I listen to this at nine in the morning, yeah. getting ready to look through a medical record. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and um, but no, I mean, just I think maybe I have to be careful not to review Neil Young, the person instead of yeah on the beach, the album. But, you know, I mean. I really liked it because, like I said, it reminds me a lot of people like the band and, uh, and, and, um, but yeah, like it reminds me of all of those Grateful Dead adjacent, like Festival Express bands, you know, and I love, I love that stuff. Like this, this kind of country bluegrass rock with like, you know, the Dobro and the pedal steel and it's, yeah, it's a, it's a positive for me. I think, I think if you want to hear some good, uh, social critique with a pretty sick country, uh, rock, you should check this out. Cool. Yeah. So we're listening to Ambulance Blues right now, and I must admit that harmonica's lit. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> harmonica's so fire. Good. So good. This is a big positive yeah. for me. I, I like this album. I've had it for a couple years now, and at least right now, the past few years, it's the I listen to it more than any of his other ones. I can just kind of put it on. And it doesn't need to be uh, that dark because you don't, necessarily need to focus on what he's singing about the yeah. whole time. If you just have it on, it's a very chill, laid back, country rocky stoner vibe. I think that to get to a new level of appreciation on on the beach, I think it helps to to know a bit of the story of it. I think without some without some context, it's heady and it's dense and it's slow. And uh I think it just it just helps to to know a bit about what was going on with Neil? What was going on in that room? The fact that he had a shaman, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know? nice, totally. Good yeah, Neil. yeah, I, definitely a positive for me. If you look at it as like, oh, okay, this is an album, not necessarily to like, you know, rock out to or whatever, but it's more to like put on and and have a meditative space to a bit. Like, it's really nice for that. It's just a good sound. I mean, again, those like, whatever they call it, like the lonesome plane of sound of like lap steel and dobro yeah. and harmonica. I mean, it really, it, it'll get into your heart regardless of whatever the lyrics are. So yeah. it's a good album to put on when you're camping at the co- yeah. campfire. Well, Neil Young you know? is in general, right? Yeah. I mean, Neil Young is like camping music. Yeah. Neil I mean, Young's probably camping right now. I like, he probably is. <laughs> yeah. Positive for me. I, I didn't know how I feel felt about it. I was not familiar with uh, On the Beach. I don't know. It was just like one of those blind spots. Like, 
obviously it wasn't released on CD, so it wasn't widely available probably when I was getting into his other albums. But I put on and I was like, walk on. Yeah, awesome. See the sky about the rain. Awesome. And then it kind of like came down. I like Revolution Blues a lot. That's like one of my favorites. But it kind of came down for me on like For the Turnstile and Vampire Blues. I was like, ooh, where's this going? And then all of a sudden it like like a wave like washed over me. And I was like, oh, on the beach. Like it, it had this like weird turn for me where it happens in like a movie and it like goes into a completely different space than you're expecting and then when ambulant blues like just kept going i was like this is awesome this is like the this is like a bob dylan-esque song you know it's sad it's got these interesting uh he's recalling different elements and uh it's it's just really cool it's very minimal but it, it feels good so yeah, total positive. Neil Young's good at the minimal thing. Yeah, always has been. Yeah. All right, next time we'll be talking about George Jones, The Grand Tour. All right, thanks, y'all. I saw today in the entertainment section There's room at the top for private detection to mom and dad this just doesn't matter But it's either that Or pay off the kidnapper So all you critics sit alone You're no better than me For what you've shown With your stomach Hook and ladder dreams We could get together For some scenes